Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Optimus Movies Podcast, where we love movies. I'm May. That's Luke. Yes. Yes. Cool. And today, we are doing something a little bit different. We're still going to have our What We're Watching segment later, but we decided to create a whole new activity here. We thought it would be a bit of fun, a bit of wild and wacky good old times. So, we have created a little game for ourselves. We don't know how long it'll last. This is just kind of a, a little experiment so mm-hmm. we just want to see how it went. We have decided to create some films to try and yeah. <laughs> essentially on the podcast without actually filming or doing any of the work. Okay. <laughs> and we're not actually involved with them. But okay. So the idea <laughs> is that the idea is that I compiled a list of directors. You compiled a list of actors, mm-hmm. and I also have a list of genres. And then we have to pick a certain amount from each and then try to make a film with those specific members and criteria. So this could end up being like, just for an example, Michael Bay does a horror whodunit starring Matt Damon, (laughs) starring Matt Damon and whoever else. So it's just random stuff. And we have to try to make some sense out of it and try to make it a good film. And I tried to pick directors with distinct style. You tried to pick interesting actors. I did I did as many genres as I possibly could. Um, yeah, I got 75 directors and 45 genres. And you got you said you got how many actors? Uh, 110. 110. Cool. So uh, we're going. How many actors are we picking per movie? Seven. 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 Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're picking a whole cast. Every single one of these movies is going to be an ensemble. Sure. I mean, uh, we could pick like, oh, lead actors, this, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Something. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And like, you know, it's kind of like uh, freaking The Aviator or whatever, how like Willem Dafoe shut up for like a scene mm-hmm. and then just left clearly because he like had a favor or just wanted to be in it for some reason. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, he's in the list, so hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can hope. But, um,. All right, so cool. Um, I hope that makes sense to everybody. Does that make sense? Am I doing okay? Is am I, am I, am I an idiot? You're not an idiot. Thank you. Did it make sense? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. 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 So, um, yeah. Film number one. So, sir, mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind, pick a number between one and seventy-five. Uh, let's do forty-two. Uh, ah, I, I see, I see. Okay. Now, uh, are we going to reveal as we go or all at once later? Uh, as we go. As we go, okay. So let me um, type picked next to this person now. Now we cannot pick this person again. Um, number 42 is Edgar Wright. Okay. All right. <laughs> so we have a very good filmmaker here. Um, all right, so for our genre, pick a number between one and... F- uh, or So we're going to pick two here. So pick yeah. two numbers between 1 and 45. Uh, let's do 1 and 45. 1 and 45, okay. Let me type... Oh, wh- wait. Still what? Or... This is... um. <laughs> this directly contradicts itself. <laughs> awesome. Edgar Wright directing a historical period piece post-apocalyptic film. <laughs> It'll be like, uh, I don't know, Prime Prejudice Zombies or something like okay. that. Okay, so like an alternate history thing. Yeah. Okay, so like, uh, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh-huh. all right, okay, so now I have to pick seven actors <laughs> to go here. All right, yeah. all right, all right, 
so one and one ten is the are the numbers I'm picking between. Yes. Okay. How about uh, <laughs> uh, forty two? <laughs> oh, okay. I see, we got Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Okay. One. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you gonna write this down? Oh no. Oh, am, am I? Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Film. One. Edgar Wright. Historical. <laughs> <laughs> historical post-apocalypse emily blunt okay yeah oh one uh, one one okay shia labeouf okay <laughs> shia labeouf okay yeah uh 45 al pacino whoa <laughs> okay uh 87 vanessa hudgens remind me that's Gabriella in the High School Musical movies. Oh. She's also in uh, <laughs> okay. Spring Breakers and yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember who the, she is now. The new yeah. Bad Boys movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Emily Blunt, Shia LaBeouf, Al Pacino, and Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh pick... right, right. I have to pick one. Uh, twenty-six. All right. That would be Nicole Kidman. Ooh. Make sure that you're marking which ones are picked I here, am. because okay. So we have one, two, three, four, five. So I need two more. Let's do 40 and eight. All right. Halle Berry is 40. <laughs> okay. Uh, and eight is Anne Halfway. Okay. All, All right. right. So we have Edgar Wright directing an alternate history post-apocalyptic film <laughs> with, with, with Emily Blunt, Shia LaBeouf, Al Pacino, Vanessa Hudgens, Nicole Kidman, Halle Berry, and Anne Hathaway. Uh. Uh, <laughs> Okay, this is insane. All right. Uh, all right. So this does not say comedy, but are we going to make this a comedy because of his natural tendencies to make things more like that? Or yeah, we, or I guess we... he's already touched upon the apocalypse. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we... Spo- okay, no, we shouldn't spoil that film <laughs> because that's the ending of the movie. <laughs> but, yeah. um, okay, yeah, so he does know how to do it in a, in a way. <laughs> uh-huh. So, hmm. I'm thinking if we're doing post-apocalypse, then let's make some of these characters in like, like how how stereotypical do you want to go, or do you want to go like off the wall? Because like the stereotypical thing that I thought was like let's make some of them like, like you know this like rant they're like traveling together looking for stuff, and then like one like giant like giant like civilization quote unquote like gang or whatever led by i don't know uh al pacino with his underling being shia labeouf yes (laughs) and shia and shia labeouf is like a freaking insane crazy dude that like just absolutely kills everything he sees yeah (laughs) and al pacino just yells at everybody all the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) who's our who's our lead actress then because that's already the two male actors we have out of the way uh, There's Emily Blunt, Vanessa Hudgens, Nicole Kidman, Halle Berry, and Anne Hathaway. Uh, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Honestly, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think she could handle a uh, post-apocalyptic film very well. I mean, okay, uh, the ha- apocalypse is almost happening in Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, okay, she did really well in that. Yeah. Um, I think we should make Nicole Kidman her mother. Okay. That that would be that would be pretty good. Yeah. And let's try. Okay, let's try to make a certain kineticism to this film. What what is going to be like? Okay. So you know, is this like a chase film? We don't want to make it too similar to like Mad Max Fury Road, you know? <laughs> nah, well, uh... Okay, how about this? Post-apocalyptic alternate history. This, oh, we didn't even talk about the history part yet. Okay, mm-hmm. so this is all completely set in like an alternate history steampunk-like thing where everyone... 
okay, let's decide is either in the air in like weird like blimp things, mm-hmm. or in completely underground. There's like options. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean like in yeah, the air. in the air. Okay, so it's now an aerial film where everyone is like really shitty planes, <laughs> uh-huh. and so there can be like cool dogfight sequences that are all really kinetic, and you know Edgar Wright would eat the crap out of a dogfight sequence. Yeah. You know, he'd love that. That would be freaking intense and cool, especially because of the way he shot like a car chase sequence in Baby Driver. Yeah. So, let's do that. All of it's in the air. There is there are okay, there there are going to be cert in the cl- like group that Emily Blunt, Vanessa Hudgens, Nicole Kidman, Halle Berry and Anne Hathaway are all a part of. Yeah. They they all operate in this like almost like hot air balloon-esque thing. It's not meant to go anywhere. They're just meant to survive for yeah. a while, right? And if they if they pass if a ship passes them by then they go and raid it but they're not going to do anything that's the only way they can get resources to if they see something get it air, air pirates essentially yeah but they're let, let's <laughs> let's ride that line because we don't want to make them flat out bad people only enough to get let's not like make yeah. them like you know kill everybody or anything but like uh-huh. going going to go and take stuff and then then getting out of there unnoticed right so and then out of nowhere they all wake up. And then there's this giant freaking armada <laughs> of of things, and it's Al Pacino and Shia LaBeouf. Uh-huh. They have to break into that giant like freaking like air fortress. Yes. And get and find a way to get them out of there or destroy them. Yeah. That sounds good, right? Yeah. That sounds like a good movie. Uh-huh. Okay, so let's let's figure out specifically the roles of these people because if we if we pick them, then we have to figure out their specific roles. Okay. We know Al Pacino, we know Shia LaBeouf, we know Nicole Kidman, we know Emily Blunt. That leaves Vanessa Hudgens, Halle Berry, and Anne Hathaway left. Halle Berry should be like the badass, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, she should be. Like, let's make her like like a demolitions expert or something. Uh-huh. That'd be freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Vanessa Hudgens should be. She should be like us in the audience. Be like person reacting to everything yeah so she's know? like she's the youngest so she should be like the newbie to everything she goes in and helps like steal stuff yeah. but she hasn't seen how bad it can get quote-unquote type of thing mm-hmm. and Anne yeah. hathaway should be like the black widow-esque martial artist like that can like sneak in anywhere she's the stealthy one yeah and like emily blunt is like the like perfect woman or something uh yeah sure and I was thinking, oh, oh, I just see what you said there. <laughs> I see what you did there, ha. Huh? <laughs> um, and Emily Blunt's like the perfect mixture of all of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicole Kidman's the leader. Okay. And let's say Emily Blunt's like, I guess, if we want to do like, I don't know, military positions, it's not going to be exactly a military p- position, obviously. But just mm-hmm. in terms of like, for the sake of organization, she's going to essentially be like the first officer of some kind. Uh-huh. People look up to her, even yeah. though she's not the leader leader. Right. All right. That sounded like a good fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Man, all right, freaking studios, <laughs> come on, <laughs> get to this. All right, I like that. That was good. Yeah. All right, and Edgar Wright directing that—that that would be freaking sick, man. Yeah. That'd be sick. I just soundtrack that. <laughs> Dude, yes. <laughs> that, I would. And then Dream On's gonna show up. <laughs> Honestly, that I I can see the trailer now. <laughs> <laughs> and just it's this giant like orchestral version all you can hear dream on and just everything's like everywhere and that would be freaking sweet man mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty, film number two i'm satisfied with what we got so far okay all right pick a director one through 75 let's see 21 21 all right we have lee winnell 
of the Invisible Man and yes. Upgrade. Okay. And, uh, and um, two two genres, one through 45, without 45 and one. <laughs> okay. Let's do uh, Dirty One and Dirty Two. Okay. <laughs> um, you guys didn't see my face there, but this is going to be interesting. So we have Lee Winnell directing an interactive Banders- Bandersnatch style interactive pirate film. Awesome. <laughs> Honestly, hell yes. <laughs> this sounds great. Yeah. Okay, let me um type all this down. All right. And um I'm just going to start picking random things. If you expect me to remember at all what I picked last time, then you're crazy. Um <laughs> So, okay, I'm just going to say 12. All right, that's Tom Hanks. Okay. <laughs> Uh, 51. Vin Diesel. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, two. George Clooney. <laughs> okay. Uh, 108. Jackie Chan. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, 49. Uh, Seth Rogen. I'm seeing a crew. <laughs> uh, uh, that's five. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, thirty-seven. Uh, Sasha Ronan. Oh, Sasha Ronan. Sasha Ronan. Okay. Uh, and last one, ninety-two. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Okay, so this is Leo and L directing an interactive pirate film starring Tom Hanks, Vin Diesel, George Clooney, Jackie Chan, Seth Rogen, Saoirse Ronan, and Adrian Brody. You just cast is not Chelsea. What? Does this cast Chelsea? <laughs> Did the last one? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, this is our job here. We have to find a way to make it work. Okay. You know who should be the lead of this if this is interactive? Seth Rogen, right? I was thinking Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. Yeah. Here and here's uh, here's why. Because I think in terms of just a narrative in general, no one can just simply make with just literally being themselves in a normal way, they can do anything and you can follow them. Jackie Chan is the most easily likable and and also he's one of the characters that could probably do the most, so he can give you the most options. Yeah. So like Maybe. physically or or just like, and he's also really smart, and he can do a lot of crazy things. Mm-hmm. So, with this being interactive pirate film, Jackie Chan, let's let's harken back to his old days. Let's make him from China. Uh-huh. Um. So, and let's make all these crazy white people, <laughs> all, these, uh-huh. all these crazy white people. They're coming in. They're they're coming in. They're coming in. Okay. So, how should we? So, some of these should be pirates, but some of these shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Let's. Who should be the captain of the pirate ship? Because the the evil pirate ship. Let's make the pirates the villains here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about this? It's interactive. Let's make multiple different pirate ships. How about that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I do like your idea of Seth Rogen being someone we follow, though. I think Seth Rogen should be this guy that is unexplained how dude. Jackie Chan knows him, but goes on his adventures with him yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, on these routes, like, Jackie Chan got killed off and got replaced by one of the actors or something. Oh, and that's the only case in which this other actor shows up? Yeah. Okay, that could be cool. Who would, um... Let's make Saoirse Ronan that. Okay. Because she's the other oddball here, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone else is just 
an old middle-aged white guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so <laughs> and Seth Rogen is even if it goes down that route, let's make Seth Rogen still with her. Like, oh, you're cool, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> he's just he's the comic relief here. Mm-hmm. And so this also is going to be fairly intense and to the point. Mm-hmm. So let's make this kind of leaning in the genre. So let's make it to where Jackie Chan he. He wants, he's lived a life of violence. He doesn't want to live, he doesn't want to fight anymore. You see where I'm getting this from. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he's a little bit older now, obviously. So, yeah. And he's been mostly successful, but a, a pirate ship. Yeah. <laughs> a, he, he lives on a coastal Chinese town. They are not used to any of this stuff. So a pirate ship comes in and absolutely ransacks his shit. Mm-hmm. And Seth Rogen is the only one left behind. Because he, because he didn't want to go along with their thing, so they kicked him off. They made him walk the plank and get yeah, out of here. Had a moral quandary of sorts. Right, exactly. And so he helps Jackie Chan mm-hmm. go to find either pirate ship A, led by yeah. who? Yeah, this kind of sounds like it would be like a sequel to Shanghai Nights or something like that. <laughs> it kind of does <laughs> except it's the wrong era but I, I the type of film we're doing i can actually kind of totally see what you're talking about here uh-huh. <laughs> even though with this being lee winnell this is easily an r-rated kind of intense dark movie yeah honestly i think lee winnell directing jackie chan is a match made who lee winnell's the oddball of everyone <laughs> yeah honestly yeah even though i do think lee winnell directing jackie chan is a match made in heaven uh-huh. because He's the perfect type of actor to play a lead in his films because he's because he as an actor just carries so much with him in general as a performer that mm-hmm. he can be the source of anything you need. He can carry the narrative because a lot of times Lee Winnell likes to really just follow the main character in their journey rather than cut everywhere and do everything. Yeah, he's like a much more pulpy version of James Mangold in a way. <laughs> good okay. old-fashioned genre filmmaker <laughs> type thing um yeah okay so who should the two villain pirate ships be manned by i think they should be manned by vin diesel and adrian brody yeah and tom hanks and adrian george Clooney brody would make a sick pirate <laughs> he would that's why honestly i was thinking of him in like predators <laughs> oh yeah that like really gruff like insane but then also let's make him a little loopy <laughs> let's make him a mix of jack sparrow and his character in predators okay <laughs> be an absolute badass but also fumble his way through everything mm-hmm. that would be perfect and um vin diesel be like the silent tank that every that's like the intimidator type yeah. thing he'd be like uh gromit basically in terms of his yeah. reactions absolutely actually that's perfect <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's awesome and like we should make like tom hanks and george clooney be like 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 characters they meet along the way or whatever yeah like maybe you know what let's do a fun easter egg where they end up where where jackie chan and seth rogan end up getting marooned on an island and and tom and tom hanks helps them get off or something because when they crashed enough was there to where them with tom hanks could finally get out and the tom hanks is also with them Mm -hmm. and then if and then if they go down that route george clooney ends up a character they go they, they go against but if they go the, a different route, George Clooney ends up being the one that helps them, and Tom Hanks eventually got off and becomes a villain to them yeah. in the other path. Let's make this intricate as crap. Yeah. <laughs> and you know Lee Winnell would make it intri- intricate as crap. Yeah. So I think that sounds pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, interactive pirate film. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Winnell making it starring Jackie Chan. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> In the Oriental? Hell yes. Uh-huh. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Mm-hmm. All right. Dang, we're we're hitting nothing but but home runs here. We're getting yeah. nothing but touchdowns, slam dunks out here. Yes. This is nothing but utter perfection. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. Film three. Okay. Pick a number between one and seventy-five. Let's see, sixty-eight. Okay. Sean Baker of the Florida Project. Great. Okay. Um, one one through forty-five. Pick two. Uh, thirty-nine and fifteen. Ooh, okay. Thirty-nine is interesting, and fifteen. Okay, okay, that, that works. I'd like to see him try this. So this is Sean Baker doing an action samurai film. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Clearly, the area of his, the area he's been keen to explore. Yeah. <laughs> the action samurai genre. Yeah. Probably more like Hirakiri or something. You know? Uh. Pro- Honestly, yeah. Well, that's not an action film, though. I know. <laughs> Even Seven Samurai isn't really an action film. This would yeah. be closer to a movie that I just realized you hadn't seen called Thirteen Assassins. If you haven't seen that, Thirteen Assassins is great. Does a dog die.com, though. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, okay, so. Wait, we got it. Right, right, right. Okay, I have to. Sean Baker, uh, Action Samurai. I, I am up for this, man. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so. Okay, so I had to pick one between one one ten. Okay, one ten. You're picking one ten. One ten. Ian McGregor. <laughs> Ian McGregor. Okay. Uh, twenty. John Travolta. Okay. <laughs> uh, mm, forty-five. We already did forty-five. Forty-six. Signori Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. What? <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. Okay. Uh. <clears throat> Nine. Uh, Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, this is gonna have to be. <laughs> we're gonna have to do some finagling here. <laughs> uh, seventy-eight. Jessica Chastain. Uh, eighty-seven. We already did that. Eighty-eight. Zac Efron. Uh, <laughs> maybe the samurai <laughs> wasn't the best idea. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. One more. Uh, sixty-six. Uh, Charlotte Bronte. Who? Uh, the person in the uh, Antichrist and Macaulay and Nymphomaniac. Charlotte Gainsbourg. Char- sorry. <laughs> oh, Charlotte Bronte is the author. I wrote down that wrong. <laughs> okay, Charlotte Gainsbourg. All right. <laughs> <laughs> talk about okay so seven actors two genres and talk about 10 things that don't go together <laughs> sean baker pretty much exclusively with one exception works with non-actors <laughs> doing two genres that he's most definitely not associated with a bunch of actors not suited for the any of those genres particularly <laughs> okay how are we going to justify a bunch of white people in a samurai film? It takes place in America. The samurai will come over. You know, it'll be like a Shanghai Noon, something like that. Uh, well, okay, okay, then are we going to put another actor in it? Another actor? Well, we have to have an Asian person in this, right? Well, I guess we put another character. 
you know? Okay, okay, li- okay. Like, say it passes on his samurai abilities to this one person. Okay, yeah, you know? okay. I, I, th- I was thinking something under the same thing. Or so. something. <laughs> Sean Baker is really great at exploring human psyche through very natural, like, I guess, for lack of a better word, stimuli. Through natural life, like, going through, the, through its course. So, here's my idea. That in some... So- in ancient... Ancient, uh, China, in ancient China, they, around the time where samurai were ending, they realized that they, that they, that they couldn't do anything about their culture dying. The last of them were, were here. So what they do is they, they cast some kind of vague mystical, like, I don't want to say spell because that makes it sound stupid, (laughs) but you get, you get the idea. Some, they, they, do some magist- magistical, mystical shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they say that we will carry on our souls to whoever is most worthy whenever that might be in time later from now. Oh. And so it's all... be like a Neo samurai. Neo? Like uh Oh, I thought... For a second, I thought you were talking about the character Neo from the Matrix films. No. <laughs> and I was like, what? So yes. So all of these people end up... Descendant. End up being like the the bodies that these souls come into and they have all of their past memories so all it is is these people yeah. trying to find each uh, other it's gonna be like jamongi welcome to the jungle or yes yes <laughs> and be... i think throughout it we should see these actors that we have cast here and some authentic chinese actors kind of like going in between frames and something we can even i can see sean baker doing something really interesting with that when mm-hmm. they are trying to blend in, we see these actors, and when, and when they're being their authentic selves, we see the authentic Chinese actors. Uh-huh. I think that would be interesting. I'm trying to do something that I'm trying to do something that Sean Baker would do, but also this has to be an action film. Yeah. <laughs> so how are we going to create this into an action film? Okay, how well, about this? Maybe people don't want those souls in there or something. Right. You know? There has to be. There has to be an opposing force. Mm-hmm. So let's make one of these people like the last surviving of an enemy clan or something. Yeah. So because it's it can still be an action film, but because it's Sean Baker, it has to be small scale in some way. So uh-huh. and it also has to be some kind of like intimate thing. But let's still and also I think that could lend to action too. Every single moment of violence can feel very impactful if some if someone like Sean Baker yeah. would direct it. Yeah, maybe a lot of one take scenes with action. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. Um, so who, so who's the, the odd one out here? Who's the one in terms of actors? I think it's John Travolta. (laughs) (laughs) It's either him or Zac Efron, man. I think John Travolta would better play the, uh, the villainous. Yeah, honestly. And I think Sean Baker is actually the perfect director to make him pull in a good performance finally again. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Um, and all these other people. And like, I think there, we can play some like like light comedy in there like you see in the florida project there's not it's not like an overt comedy but there is light comedy that feels natural as in like maybe the person that went into chloe grace moretz was far was far older than the person who plays sigourney weaver (laughs) and i think that could be an interesting way to like shift back and forth between them you can see them even maybe deliberately like changing like ages and stuff like that that could be really cool and i do trust a sean baker to make a transition like that feels smooth and cohesive and also understandable. Uh-huh. 
Because yeah. that would be a hard thing to logistically pull off, but I think that Sean Baker could do that. Because yeah. he is a very keen attention to detail, but he's very subtle about it. And that level of perfectionism in background and camera movement and cinematography, I feel like he could do that perfectly. Mm-hmm. And so they're all being chased down by this, this let's say, this other, this Ronin, and he's a Ronin because he, because these people had had to destroy the other, per, had to destroy John Travolta's clan to survive because they were going to kill them yeah how about that yeah that sounds yeah that actually sounds pretty good uh-huh. we pulled that together yeah <laughs> yeah Woo! Mm-hmm. all right and honestly i really like samurai films where they embrace the more mystical side of of that culture as well i think that can that can be cool even though i i do wish that we can find someone that can more authentically portray <laughs> that culture Better. like an asian director perhaps but yeah but we we did our best guys okay uh-huh. we did our best <laughs> all right uh okay we want to do two more yeah all right cool film four all right okay. sir pick a film pick between pick a number between one and 75 four four very fitting Ooh. All right. We have Phil Lord and Chris Miller. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Phil Lord and Chris Miller of the Lego movie, of the Jump Street films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they produce Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. They're very, very great comedic directors. Yeah. Okay. Pick two genres, one through 45. Uh, uh, let's do 33 and 11. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I honestly... Okay, 33 and what? 11. This is perfect. <laughs> this movie writes itself. <laughs> Phil Lord and Chris Miller doing a silent time travel film. <laughs> and they... and Okay. <laughs> this is... I genuinely think that this could work out. Because, like, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are perfect and have made a lot of their entire career around doing stuff that is inspired off of things before and doing a new twist on them, making it more intelligent, but also putting meaning in it. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh-huh. <laughs> so a time travel silent film. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen Metropolis. Is there time travel on that? Or is that a spoiler? There's no time travel. Okay. I, I literally know nothing about that film other than there's a big metal man and then there's a, and it's black and white and it's silent, I think. <laughs> it's science fiction. Yeah. Is it, is it an alien or something? No. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so seven actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 22. Chris Evans. Okay, perfect. Uh, Chris Evans, uh, 31. Margot Robbie. Another good one. Uh, 40. Oh, you did that. Four, so 41. Or 41. Tell me why is there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Chris Evans, Margot Robbie, Tommy Wiseau, uh, frickin' 56. Laura Dern. Okay. Uh, Laura Dern, frickin' 55. Mel Gibson. Alright, now we're getting weird. Uh, 83. Keanu Reeves. Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, one more, right? One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, one more. Three. Willem Dafoe. Oh! (laughs) Okay, so Phil Lord and Chris Miller doing a silent time travel film starring Chris Evans, Margot Robbie, Tommy Wiseau, Laura Dern, Mel Gibson, Keanu Reeves, and Willem Dafoe. Well, (laughs) I think Keanu Reeves and the 
Tommy Wiseau should be the co-stars. <laughs> okay, <laughs> where are you going with this? <laughs> this is the exact opposite of where I was thinking, but we continue this line of thought. Because <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking this could be a cool thing where like Chris Evans and Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. they go to I they they time they time travel throughout all kinds of. Throughout. Okay, so what is a Phil Lord and Chris Miller like weird plot to do with a silent time travel movie? Okay, so how about this? How about this? Each one of these actors is semi-prominent from different eras, right? So, so let's make Chris Evans and Margot Robbie the two leads because they're the modern day stars, right? Okay. Let's and let's make Tommy Wiseau an absolute goof. <laughs> let's make uh-huh. him a goof, and let's make every single other one of these people playing themselves. Really? Yes. And let's have Chris Evans and Margot Robbie really want to make a movie, <laughs> but uh-huh. they can't find any inspiration. So they keep traveling back in time to talk to old creatives yeah. <laughs> to figure out what, like, what do you guys do? What gives you guys inspiration and mm-hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I know these guys are actors, but they're, y- y- you know, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they're creatives and they work with creatives and they can talk to everyone around them. They didn't so, want, oh, okay. Yeah. So, and oh, so Chris Evans. I see why you didn't have Tommy Wiseau play himself. <laughs> no, no, he's going to be playing himself. Oh, yes. I figured Tommy Wiseau could be like a post credit scene or something. Where you see that. <laughs> We're just going to write him off. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's. Okay, fine. Let's. Okay. How about this? They are great at making a movie funny and interesting and irreverent, but also make it have meaning, but in a different way that you don't that you don't expect. So let's make them go after all the obvious people. So first, let's see them go after, like, Willem Dafoe. Character actor. Incredibly prestigious. People love him. He's great. They go and see him. They get some good stuff off of him, but they don't quite get what they're looking for. It doesn't spark that in, in them. They, they go, okay, let's find someone from a movie that means a lot to us. They go, okay, let's go back to Laura Dern from Jurassic Park. That is a classic movie that means a lot to a lot of people. They talk to her. They go on the set of Jurassic Park. Yes. Even. No, they, they go to, set, to the set of all of these people's films. Yeah. <laughs> so, and with Willem Dafoe, let's say they go back in time to... What what, what Willem Dafoe film should they do? Uh, Spider-Man. Spy- okay, the, that's a great one, actually. The first Spider-Man film, that's great. Laura Dern, Jurassic Park, then. Then... Then they get little by little by little. Then they go, okay, let's do one. Someone's done a really ambitious film. Then they go, okay, Braveheart's incredibly ambitious, epic film. He ta- he tackled he tackled the literal most important story in the Christian. <laughs> yeah. And so they they talk to Mel Gibson. Then they go and they then they go and they talk to someone that they just love. They love this person. They love this actor. They go to Keanu Reeves. They mm-hmm. go back to him filming The Matrix. And so yeah. and but they still after all of this. They feel like they've learned a lot, they've gained a lot, but there's something missing, there's something that they can't quite go to. So they say, screw it. Let's go, let's, <laughs> let's find yeah. something. What's Tommy Wiseau doing these right. days? And then they go to find Tommy Wiseau filming The Room. Okay. And they go back to Tommy Wiseau filming The Room, and, and, he, sa- and, he, get, and he is the one that gives them the advice they need. And mm. there's also an interesting meta-commentary, too, because obviously he made the quote-unquote worst film ever made. Uh-huh. <laughs> but what the thing that inspires them is is his willingness and despite all odds despite everyone judging him despite whatever it might be he made his film and regardless of how it's received his film meant something to him meant something to everyone watched it that had a great time watching it even if it wasn't meant you can see something like the disaster artist when people see it when 
like his when um freaking oh what's his name the actor that was in it the, the other main actor talks to him and said you know alfred hitchcock has never made people laugh that much you know uh-huh. and and that can mean something in its own right regardless if you meant it yeah and and that is what chris evans and margot robbie need and they say okay we'll just do it we'll just write the movie that we need it represents us it's for us that's that's what they realize that art is for themselves not for anyone else uh-huh I think that could be great. And it could also be a wacky time travel adventure with a bunch of weird sight gags. Yeah. <laughs> I think that could be great. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and it's also the kind of like... But it also has to be a silent film, right? Yeah, that could work. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that, that could totally work. You kidding? <laughs> and yeah. I think, honestly, they'd have, a, they'd have a ball with that. Like, they'd probably even make, like, the music start to mean random stuff. They can, mm-hmm. I could see them even making like a weird acapella track where they can kind of integrate dialogue in an acapella musical song. Yeah, I could see them doing I that. I can imagine them playing with the titles that come up, you know. Oh the yeah, dialogue. yeah. You're and like one VR movie and just one that says no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then like one of them, it's just so filled with text you can't read anything because they're like freaking out and being mad at somebody or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. That would be hilarious. Yeah. It's like for someone's about to say something, so it comes up with it, but then it quickly is like disappears. Going to a person there checks. Or, yeah, I don't know. almost like the same like tactic that a lot of those like screen capture films do when you see like a character type out something and then backspace it before they send it to someone. Yeah, a similar idea. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good idea. Look at us. Yeah, you know we're freaking geniuses. You know that. <laughs> no, but, no yeah. we're, we're not. We're not geniuses. <laughs> we're just. Two people that are way too passionate about film, even though you can't be too passionate, so it doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. All right. You ready for the next one? Yes. All righty. Uh, one through 75. 74. 74. God. <laughs> okay. Paul Greengrass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, of, for people that don't know, Born Supremacy, United 93, Born Ultimatum. A uh, very grounded, real story type filmmaker. Yeah. Um, all right, and two genres. Uh, well, how how much does this go up to? Uh, forty-five. Okay, let's do uh five and uh forty. <laughs> okay, this might. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this might be impossible. <laughs> Paul Greengrass directing a spy musical. okay uh okay well i mean okay at least okay we have an in which is the spy part because he he does spy stuff really well Mm -hmm. okay you know and the musical could be more like in the lars von trier type of way and and i don't know (laughs) oh i just thought of a great idea okay what what if the quote-unquote musical scenes are all of the like are all of the intense thriller scenes yeah like <laughs> what well, the spy was undercover had to go undercover as a musical actor or something so it's like the music is what in the movie or something that's a better idea <laughs> i like uh-huh. that and there could be an, like in almost every action scene can almost be like mission impossible rogue nation opera scene type uh-huh. yeah. that would be except a lot less like fighting and a lot more like sneaking around and like like security cameras and stuff like that are we gonna let's make this silly because if we're making a musical we can't not make it silly uh-huh. <laughs> so let's try Paul Greengrass's silly legs out. Mm-hmm. I do you think he could do that? <laughs> uh, okay, I, I, he could. I don't think he would ever. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go through his filmography real quick. 
<laughs> maybe you should choose some uh, cast. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Honestly, maybe we should decide if it's silly or not, depending on what kind of cast members we get. Because if we get a bunch of like serious actors, <laughs> uh-huh. Captain Phillips, Green Zone, you know, no, he does zero, zero silly things. Zero. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> he's an quote unquote, He's an important director doing art stuff. Uh-huh. Okay. Points from C art stuff. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> but he also did like United ninety three and twenty two mm-hmm. July and Captain yeah. Phillips and Green Zone and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, I'm thinking nineteen. Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, it's even, if this goes this way, then we're going silly. <laughs> uh, 29. Jennifer Lawrence. Definitely silly. <laughs> uh, 28. Scarlett Johansson. Jeez, we're getting a star-studded cast here. <laughs> uh, not the, all, all the other ones were too, to be fair. Um, 100. Heath Ledger. Okay. Heath Ledger. Uh, okay, so this is going to have to be... Okay, if the person is deceased, we get to pick what, like, version of them <laughs> okay. we do. Okay. Um, one, two, three, four, um, 52. Yeah, I'll get to... Okay. This is almost like... Okay, I, I'm, I'm having an idea with this. Continue. Oh, uh, wait, no, I'm continuing. One, two, three, four, five, uh, 99. Kevin Costner. Okay. And 69. <laughs> Uh, of course. Harrison, it had to happen. Harrison Ford. It had to... Perfect. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's my idea. There is a spy sent undercover. This is also a whodunit. From another genre? Yes. <laughs> and, well, I mean, no. It's a spy. He's trying to figure out who is the... And the, the difference between, like, this and, like, the classical whodunit, rather than a bunch of people interviewing... Like, the detective interviewing a bunch of people, is that it's a spy undercover trying to figure out who the other spy is type Uh thing and there's a colorful cast of characters we have and okay so who's the detective who's the spy who's the main spy ford is that guy no (laughs) he's been jack ryan and stuff right but he's old (laughs) he's so old (laughs) he's like the the he's like the curmudgeon theater director we're going silly aren't we he's you know, he's the curmudgeon theater director. We can't go that crazy. <laughs> I don't want to see your support out here. <laughs> okay. The idea I had was that we have to make the... We have to make the... Uh, we have to make the... <laughs> the... <laughs> The spy, someone unusual. So let's make it. I think we should make it someone who could convincingly disguise themselves and and also is incredibly talented. I think we should. And yeah, also, that's good though. I was gonna say Jennifer Lawrence, but that also works. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that like Jennifer Lawrence in general has. Well, I think Gal Gadot has a lot more stronger features because she's like she has a very specific type of build, very specific type of hair. It's very recognizable. I f- I can see like Jennifer Lawrence putting on a a weird type of wig and it working on her and like kind of doing a lot of she's also very sly and undercover you know Uh i could see her kind of doing that but also being able to like shit like switch personalities and i think that's the main thing that jennifer lawrence has she can i can convincingly see switch personalities on a dime 
That's true. Yeah. I just, so, I just like the idea of Gal Gadot as a detective. <laughs> She's not going to be wearing a hat it's undercover, but I don't know. Okay. Around. Sounds amazing. Okay, yeah, okay. How about this? Let's make it... A, so if we're going to go the silly route, Paul Greengrass, we know how much he loves his like weird, like specific period in time type things. Let's make this... <laughs> okay. If we want to go crazy historical here then we can say that the musical that is being done here or the theater thing is the the thing that Abraham Lincoln went to watch and Jennifer Lawrence is trying to prevent his assassination. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and this is a very Wait, no, clear this like gonna... this is a very clear alternate history type thing. Let's make it very oh, clear this is not this something. is not real. Okay. This is going to be very like I don't want to do a thing where it's like, you know, like, this is disrespectful. Some, like, let's very clear, clearly make it, okay, this is not a real representation of anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's do it something like that. And it, like, more plays off of the, like, the random cliches of, like, classic, classical musicals and everything. Yeah. We can have Samuel L. Jackson as, like, the old actor that's done with his shit and just wants to retire but has never had a hit show. So he's just uh-huh. doing his thing. And yeah. and Scarlett Johansson is, like, the new up-and-coming star. Heath Ledger is, like, the... He's he's the attractive leading man. We, yeah. have, we have Gal Gadot who can... Kevin Costner should be, like, her recruiter. Jennifer Lawrence's recruiter, the one that sent her on the mission. Yeah. That's perfect for him. Worm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, Gal Gadot is just, and Gal Gadot is um, the prominent leading lady that is the main, that is the main, like, Bill Mark with Heath Ledger, which is why Abraham Lincoln went to see this show, because Heath Ledger and Gal Gadot's character is in this. They're, like, mm-hmm. the biggest actresses in the theater game right now, you know? Yeah. So. But if that's the case, and the who done it? Is it going to be he- Lee Harvey Oswald? <laughs> like, well, no, 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 no. Let's not make it like that. There's no Lee Harvey Oswald or anything. There's a suspicions that someone in the theater crew is going to try to assassinate the president. Okay. I could. Yeah. All right. Be involved. Yeah, uh, okay. How about, you know what? Let's we'll just, take... let's make it not Abraham Lincoln because that just confuses it. Right. Because like there is that real event. Let's just make a president going to a theater production and <laughs> okay. someone is going to assassinate the president. Mm-hmm. And it it's going to so be. It just so happens to be at the same theater. So they're. they're right. Getting... Right. things might happen and that's why right. he's hired mm-hmm. right exactly so that that sounds pretty good so who who are we going to make the ultimate so jennifer lawrence hired by kevin costner searching all these random actors who mm-hmm. is going to be the killer if we want to go super like aware of the cliches and everything we should say kevin costner because that would be the classic twist you know it wasn't any of them it was the person in charge of you the whole time you know whoever the spy sleeps which <laughs> no <laughs> No sleeping with anybody. Honestly, let's make it Harrison Ford. Okay. <laughs> the curmudgeony theater director. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Not only does he direct the, the stage, he directs the plays. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that's awesome. I think that, that, that could be cool. I, that's honestly, I think that might be my least favorite, but that was like the hardest <laughs> to navigate. And uh, and generally, I think the thing to me that makes that not great, I think if we did like a more like like fun-oriented director than Paul Greengrass, <laughs> then it would have been more, in, then it would have been better. But I still think we, we found an interesting way for Paul Greengrass to be able to work within it. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, <laughs> let us know. Tweet at us what... Yeah, your tweet fav- at all these people. <laughs> tweet at all these people. Link the episode. <laughs> yeah. See what they think. But um, 
but yeah, um, tell us what you thought your favorite, what your favorite um movie that we created was. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite one? Wait, we should come up with titles, right? Oh, should we? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's so be, uh, nice going over all of them again. Too. Okay, yeah. And um, would you want to do this again? Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. Yeah, okay. So Edgar Wright's blimp action post-apocalyptic anti-history movie. What should it be called? <laughs> Up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> you thought of the same thing. Yeah. Um, huh. Uh, how about this? This is Led Zeppelin. In the air tonight. <laughs> in the air. We both thought of musical references. <laughs> Led Zeppelin or in the air tonight? Dead Zeppelin. Dead Zeppelin. That's perfect. Dead Zeppelin. <laughs> Dead Zeppelin. Okay. Um, Lee Winnell's interactive pirate film. You can be a pirate. <laughs> um, With Jackie Chan. <laughs> uh, how about... Um, a pirate story for you. I, it's not gonna be that like freaking it wasn't called like it wasn't called like bandersnatch but you it wasn't called that you know it, it did, we don't have to reference the fact that it's interactive in the title <laughs> how about like just i'm trying to think of like a classic like classical like genre like type title uh hmm i don't know it's a uh okay how about this um honor amongst thieves okay what <laughs> well no because like it's about like jackie chan how he used to be like a violent person that that fought everybody and went crazy and had like a bad history but then he's uh, like okay. then he's like trying to fight mm-hmm. and like he's like the whole, yeah, yeah, you get it <laughs> um honor amongst thieves okay sean baker's weird action samurai <laughs> neo samurai thing um yeah. uh, for, uh this is like odd because his titles are always super intuitive and clever. Soul of the Samurai is the only one I can think of. <laughs> that that's like the most generic fucking thing in the world. <laughs> um, freaking, I I can't think of anything that's not generic as hell. <laughs> you have any ideas, or can you just want to like for now go with like Soul of the Samurai or something like that? Uh, Everyone tweet at us your title for this one. <laughs> old Souls, New Life. <laughs> I don't think I worked with Sean Baker, but no. <laughs> How about his old soul? Yeah, okay. That works for him. Old soul. Okay. Um, Filler and Chris Miller, Miller's time travel silent film. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it, it would be like them to simply title it like another movie. Honestly, one of them that kind of feels like modern times, I can see them just titling it that. <laughs> um, but let's not do that, though. Uh, that's lazy. Uh, let's say... Uh, man, like, they're... Your titles are always the right so, fit. The right fit. Yeah. <laughs> the right shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> the right fit. What do you mean by the right fit? What does that mean? The whole movie's about trying to find a cast member, right? A cast so, member? No. No. It's about finding inspiration. Oh, inspiration. Okay. Uh, um. How about this? Is called inspired by. Inspired. Inspired by colon and then nothing after that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, dang, I typed Empired by. <laughs> okay, Paul Greengrass's spy musical. <laughs> um, it's a spying. <laughs> it's a spying. <laughs> it's a spying. <laughs> spy in the musical. No, I, I I literally just typed it's a spying. Okay. <laughs> it's a spying. <laughs> All right. That's my favorite title we've come up with. Yeah. Uh, no, Dead Zeppelin's my favorite one. Okay. <laughs> Dead Zeppelin's fantastic. Okay, mm-hmm. actually, let's keep this list. Let's keep all of this. Yeah. 
and then let's hopefully do this again. This was super fun. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed doing this. All right, cool. So now we're going to enter into our age-old segment where we talk about what we've been watching. Even though we kind of started to edit it, even though because of how much time it started to take in the episode, we just wanted to talk about the more notable things. Um, so yeah, um, there is a film that I wanted to mention first. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, right. And um, just full disclosure, full transparency to this, um, it, um, the filmmaker actually contacted us. Yeah. After, um, not like contact, contacted. He is. <laughs> we had very minimal conversation, but still, I did want to, I did want to talk about it regardless of that, because I think indie films like this need to be talked about and supported and watched. Yeah. Um, we saw a film called Ramekin. Now you yeah. can see this on Amazon Prime. This is a a horror comedy, even though the horror element is more just like in setup. Yeah. There, there's very little bits of this that felt like it was trying to be like. A yeah. scary like james wan film yeah. or something you know? yeah i mean like the literal premise is a haunted ramekin even though you haunted know? is kind of <laughs> yeah, well, an evil sentient ramekin yes <laughs> um yeah so, and it literally is just that there's a girl who enters who who after her grandmother dies mm-hmm. she enters an apartment and the ramekin starts reveals itself as sentient and has has seemingly well, okay, and, and, and starts to, I'll just say, and starts to cause trouble within her life, to lack of spoilers. Yeah. And I just want to say, I really enjoyed this, man. Yeah. It, it was really funny. <laughs> it was super fun. I have rarely laughed at much at this much at a film <laughs> with you, like, mm-hmm. as we have this. This was an absolute blast yes. <laughs> to watch. It was so freaking fun. There are so many moments where, like, me and you literally cheered at the screen just for the ramekin moving after, like, yeah. certain things were said. Because there yeah. are certain points... There's conversations we heard in the ramekin, but the ramekin, like, moves if it says yes. Yeah. Like, so when there's a reaction, it just stays still. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> It's the most like deadpan type of humor, but it's hilarious. Like there's like and every single time that she tried to ask it, like, are you a ghost? And it just like didn't move. Mm-hmm. Are you my grandmother? It didn't move. And then it eventually just defaults to, Are you a ramekin? And then yeah. it moved and me and you every time went, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah. So it was man, yeah. I had so much fun with this, man. Yeah pretty short too yeah like 70 and, minutes um, or something cody clark directed this i do want to mention yes. and um i i really do want to check out more of his stuff honestly it, it mm-hmm. this type of minimalist but sense of humor but also just kind of liking genre but not being too like confined by that genre it's perfect this is in this is the truest form of indie filmmaking at its finest yeah. and at its finest does not mean artsy fartsy bullshit <laughs> artsy fartsy bullshit can work uh-huh at that level, please don't get the wrong idea. And actually, um, I'm I'm pretty sure that he that I I haven't seen them obviously. So I don't know if they're artsy fartsy, but I know that Cody Clark has directed straight dramas before. So mm-hmm. so yeah, I I am excited to see more of his stuff. Yeah. And um, I mean seriously, like, and for being clearly the small budget that it is, and like you know obviously with it being a small budget, the type of actors you get and everything like that, um, it very much feels like I don't know how true this is. But it very much feels like these are people that Cody Clark knew. So, <laughs> so uh-huh. he put them in the movie. If that's not true, then you absolutely gave that warm feeling of a bunch of friends coming together to make a film. Yeah. And I, so, so when I say it feel like 
people that Cody Clark knew. That didn't, that wasn't like an insult. It actually helped the film for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just, it, every element that it wanted to work, work, worked. And I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't like, this isn't the greatest film I've ever seen in my freaking life. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's, it's, it's a movie that I feel compelled to recommend. Yeah. Because of how low budget, unknown, and indie it is compelled like you put a ramekin up to your ear yes (laughs) (laughs) exactly like that um but yeah guys check this out it's on amazon prime it's a very funny light crazy ramekin movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) and i bet you no one really unique yeah it's incredibly unique and that's so freaking cool honestly one of the biggest feelings i had constantly through this is like wow i love seeing a filmmaker with zero studio interference (laughs) clearly zero studio interference whatsoever this is a guy just going for it with literally anything he's thinking of and that's awesome (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there were even times during the film where like conversations came up where i was like oh wow i was thinking that too but typically that kind of thing isn't said in a movie it's like certain suggestions are made like every base is covered like she asks like are you an alien even like she thinks science fiction paranormal all like the different like ideas yeah but then and like so it's cool that instead it's not just are you are you a ghost and then the conversation just ends how most movies would Uh it's just there's a little bit more area of thought and more human-esque writing to it that i think service the film very well Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, anything else you want to mention, dude? Because I this is a wholehearted recommend for me, and I, I want to rewatch it. Honestly, I think I might enjoy it again. Uh, enjoy it more on the second watch. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, I don't have any more to say. It's a great film. I enjoyed it. Completely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, I mean, high recommend, guys. Yes. Give it a watch. Do Give it. it a good old bloody watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's awesome. So yeah. Um. Yeah. You you want to move on? Yeah. All right. Cool. Me and you watched an entire horror series. Yes, we did. We watched every single Paranormal Activity film. Yeah, we did. Yes. There's six of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first three were pretty good. Not great. Yeah. Um, and four, five, and six were pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I really liked the first two. Yeah. The first two were really good. Um, speaking of minimalist filmmaking, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, you know... I wish I liked the characters more in the first one because I feel like the tension was the best in that film. Yeah. Even though I like the scares more in two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I, don't know. I feel like it's a franchise that I kind of wish just went a different way or just went the more anthology route. Like yeah. just like Paranormal Activity 1 exists and then Paranormal Activity 2 was just totally separate. There's more, guess what, Paranormal Activity happening somewhere else. Yeah. It's really only one that's breaks from that like formula uh you know the mass god what was the it? marked ones the marked ones yeah, yeah. and that, that one vaguely connects in a few ways but it really is a contained story for the most part until the end yeah <laughs> the ending which is a very forced connection as as yeah. cool as it was for someone that like obviously for me and you that like even like during the film that it ends up connecting to we asked what happened during a certain spot we didn't get to see because of the way the cameras were set up in the film yeah. We did get to see that, but it wasn't that important. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. At least now every time I watch that one, I'll know, oh, that a guy came in from back in time or whatever. And for- <laughs> yeah, yeah there, there's time trouble in that. Definitely. Yeah, in, in one of them, yeah. Um, so it, it it's weird. And, and the ghost dimension was probably the most disappointing to me. 
because it had some really cool imagery and yeah. ideas, but was just the most predictable jump scare fest in the history of time, man. Yeah. And it like, but when you just see like the weird, like paranormal, like demon stuff, it was cool. It was freaking cool. I wish they did more with it to be fair, mm-hmm. but, but like, it still looked cool. Like the effects were good and the designs were cool. Yeah. But notice I'm not really talking about the quality of the film. I said it looked cool. <laughs> uh-huh. and that's the best i can really say about it i mean like i liked that it was christmas i like christmas yeah yeah i mean paranormal activity as, as a as a franchise probably a dud for me it's easily one of my least what the one i know i'm never going to watch through that franchise again where i know i would enjoy watching through like a halloween or a friday the 13th or a nightmare uh-huh. on elm street again or even evil dead it's like i i i love horror franchises it's one of my favorite things to do as a movie fan yeah. But this one just did not do it for me near the end. Yeah. It it took itself too seriously, man. And if you take yourself seriously, then go a different direction with it. Try something really weird. Just go weird with it. That's what Nightmare on Elm Street did. Uh-huh. And that's what kind of Halloween did. It just went freaking weird. <laughs> really overcomplicated. And that's why Friday the 13th, out of all the ones I mentioned, is and Evil Dead, those two are easily the ones I'm going to rewatch the most because they just go freaking crazy with all their random stuff. Yeah. So, and yeah, Paranormal Activity did the opposite. It just got more boring. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, I imagine that, I, I know a lot of people really enjoy some of those and a lot of people enjoy all of them as a whole. Good for you. And there's going to be a seventh one, supposedly. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how about you throw out one, man? Like, like one I watch by myself or? Uh, just, no, no, generally. Anything you'd like. Throw out any mm-hmm. any old thing. The the short film David Lynch cooks cannoli. I'll just mention briefly. Oh, David Lynch cooks quinoa. Quinoa, yeah. yeah. He did cook quinoa. Yes. And it was great. All right, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I'm gonna watch this at one point. I'm gonna uh-huh. watch it. Um. Yeah. Okay. I want to mention you showed me a movie. Speaking of David Lynch, you showed me a film that up until this point was the most popular film on Letterboxd that I hadn't seen. Mm-hmm. Mulholland Drive. Yep. This film blew my mind, as it is known for doing. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yeah, man, this film is fantastic. It was beautiful. It was terrifying. It was surreal. It was intense. It was emotional. I could every every adjective, <laughs> every adjective emotionally you could go through it. Oh, okay. Even like honestly, I could like and like even you said like. It, it, it could be very easily interpreted and very valid, and maybe even this is what David Lynch intended, that it doesn't have a meaning. Uh-huh. At least as an overall artistic statement. Even though he clearly makes commentary on specific things through, like in like little sections of the film, but as an overall film, yeah, it, it, like, it, the specificity of it is very unclear. Mm-hmm. And I have my own interpretation of it, but... I don't know. <laughs> it's a uh-huh. movie that I am so excited to show everybody that can handle it. <laughs> uh-huh. can, uh, does the dog die.com for this one, by the way. Um, but yeah, the, the, this movie is insanity. Yeah. And I loved it. I was so, I was so just like compelled, man. Like it, David Lynch is, I love films that just, they clearly are made by someone that just looks at the world differently than you. 
Uh-huh. It's like you get to be in that weird headspace of trying to find a different way to view everything. In this film, I absolutely got that. Yeah. It was so freaking cool. And yeah, I just, oh man, it, it, it worked on every level for me. Mm-hmm. It's, this is one of the fattest five out of fives I've ever given. Wow. Nice. Yes. Excellent. One of my favorite films of all time now. Oh, Easily. Cool. Easily. Nice. So yeah, loved it. Loved it. Loved it with all of my heart. It was awesome. Honestly, I, I really want to rewatch it. But out of all the films I want to rewatch, it's kind of <laughs> down on my list because I have so many. But I will get to it. I will rewatch it. I might show it to someone to give me an excuse to rewatch it. Or we can watch it get together again. I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, great Mwah of a film. Yeah. So great. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Mm-hmm. All right. You have another one? You want to throw on? Uh, yeah. Let's whisper in the heart. The Steve Ghibli film. Oh, yeah. 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 I was like, yeah. what the hell is that? <laughs> okay. I, I recall now. I recall. Yeah. Uh, the director Yusha, uh, Yoshifumi Kondo, I don't think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. Direct, <laughs> directed it. It's the only one Steve Ghibli film he directed or film, because he died after this film came out, like oh, like a year after. That's horrible. Yeah, he was supposed to like be one of the founders of Studio Ghibli along with them. So this he only is, made one. Film. So this is one of the earlier films. Yes, okay. 1995. When oh wow, out. yeah. Uh, but it's just a very, I don't know. It's more focused on the drama of it just this girl trying to figure out her place in life mm-hmm. and things it's it's like uh i don't know it's not really like only yesterday but it's the closest i can think of a nurse do ghibli film i guess but it's also got i don't know humor and stuff i lost my train of thoughts <laughs> <laughs> no it's all right it's all right mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's, it's one i've heard yeah. a lot about yeah I'll, I'll, like, I'll watch it one yeah. point <laughs> it's like there's a cat on a train like hey cat and then the cat like leaves the train and she follows it he's like it's gonna be like an adventure and then the the cat disappears and she's like oh man I'll this will be the start of something new in my life or something she yeah. desperately needs something uh it i don't know it, 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 it wins my heart it's called whisper to heart so. it wins your heart with yeah. a whisper mm-hmm. all right i only have two that i really want need to mention even though i can narrow it down to one if so be it Mm-hmm. Do you have two or one that you'd really like to mention? Uh, two. <laughs> two? All right, cool. Uh, I'll go first. Um, I watched... Um, I, I, I'm sorry, French people. <laughs> uh, Jour de Fête, I believe. Yeah, I watched that too. Yeah. Uh, was this one of them that you were wanting no. to talk about? No? Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, uh, this was the first Jacques Tati film. I have the Criterion Jacques Tati filmography yeah man uh I'm, I'm super excited to watch the rest of this guy's stuff because he has he he directs films in a way that i've never seen before really and just it feels both light-hearted and like the weight of the entire world rests within the little things of the environments because the character the main character of this film is almost like just the lens in which we view it the main like idea of this film and everything you're supposed to get from it and like the focus is the setting the feeling of everything around everyone the world around it the themes of the themes of the world kind of becoming more reliant on technology how we respond to that but also that also it, it is also in a way just kind of part of it it's just part of life it, it, it can be a theme if you want it to be but it's just a film about capturing life through every little detail through every little conversation however 
benign or meaningless they might be. And mm-hmm. it's it's a wonderful little film that almost had some silent film type like stuff in it at points, even though it's not a silent film. 1949, I believe this came out, and it's it's a wonderful film. If you have, if any of you have the chance to watch it, I'd recommend it. It was an absolute hoot and a holler, and I am so pumped to see more of his stuff because I know some, I know some, I follow some people on Letterboxd, I should say, that um that Playtime by him is one of their favorite films of all time. Okay. That it's like, and these are like big people on Letterboxd. So I'm super, super pumped to, to see his stuff. And I can see this idea, this type of filmmaking growing into something really, even though I'd say it's really special already, but something genuinely profound. I can see that I kind of idea growing into something genuinely profound and special later. Uh-huh. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I like it. Might up it to a five the next time I watch it. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. What'd you think of it? It, it was good. Uh, <laughs> it didn't hit you like it hit me. It seems like, no. uh, in a way, because it's like I guess a comedy, right? Uh, a, a, a comedy due to lack of anywhere else to put it. I'd say <laughs> there was like a good portion maybe where I was too sad about the main character to laugh at anything. I think there's like, I'd say this is, this is a drama, a drama laced in comedy, mm-hmm. laced in lightheartedness. Yeah. yeah. I felt like there were points where I should be laughing, but I was still, like, stuck in this rut that this character was in. So I wasn't... Uh, I didn't get I that at all. I didn't get that at all. Because <laughs> it was like this guy's purpose was being undermined by a different thing, right? Yeah. And so it seemed like his role was becoming meaningless and stuff. So I was, like, really getting to my core. <laughs> and uh, I was... All this other wacky stuff around him wasn't uh, getting me as much. Hmm. I, don't, I thought, uh, for me, I, I liked the way that he put both of them together in a very unapologetic way. Like, I get why that wouldn't work. And in fact, for some reason, I don't know why it worked for me, because that kind of thing typically doesn't. Mm. <laughs> but for something about the way that it didn't feel like the lightheartedness was, like, n- unnatural, and that the sadness also felt natural, but not, to me, in an overbearing way. It didn't feel like, in a way, the sadness of it felt more like, within the environment and the style of the characters rather than trying to pierce my soul like it clearly did with you uh-huh. that it just felt like okay this is just it's like it's kind of like like the common like saying in like whatever way you commonly hear it it's like you take the good with the bad type type stuff yeah. it felt like this was a representation of life and that the yeah. sadness and the happiness the wackiness and the depression, whether that be mentally or physically or economically or whatever. Yeah. And like, I, it just kind of felt like a cool... In that way, it's like, reminds me of Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> what is blending a tragedy and comedy? I don't know, but... Did it did it feel um, derivative of that? No. No? Okay. Because... Yeah, it has his own style. But in terms of blending the two together, then that's it, what would make sen- me think Same sensibilities it. is what I'm getting from you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I've always been excited to see more Chaplin films, so... <laughs> I mean, uh, I really... The only Chaplin film I've seen, I have pretty much acknowledged I need to see again because I saw it in the wrong circumstances. Mm-hmm. I saw it in a film studies class a long time ago. Tell the kid in the film studies class. Yes. Wow. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, and I remember, like, close to nothing about it. <laughs> uh-huh. So, I mean, I, I need to rewatch it. And you know what? I'm going to take off my writing right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This, uh, so, yeah. But, uh... That's one of them. You throw out one. Throw out one of your two. Okay. Princess Mononoke. Cool. All right. This is maybe my favorite Suchi. It's just like an epic fantasy 
It's everything I ever want from fantasy. This guy gets like bit by this uh, uh, demon, basically, uh, and he has to go off on a journey to find like his uh, to find like a cure, I guess, for it. And so that's like his purpose, his little quest. But it also that's just a surface level. <laughs> There's so much else going on with the film, like I don't know, the nature and stuff but it's the characters i really like too they, i don't know <laughs> i'm trailing off here I'm oh sorry. you love it fan fanboy over it man it's all right no. <laughs> what do you mean no i don't know it's great you're allowed to fanboy it's okay but if you don't want to that's fine uh-huh. but um yeah i mean I, I i haven't seen it in a while but it's a good movie mm-hmm. it's a good, very good movie yeah i have very little to say about it okay <laughs> uh, excuse me i don't mm-hmm. Yeah, a movie I'll rewatch eventually. It's another one. It's just on my. Uh, I'll probably rewatch this at one point. List. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had, if I had to get that list together of films like that I've meant to rewatch actively, then that'd be like fifty million films long. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'll get to it. Okay. Uh, honestly, I, at one point I assumed that I I want to rewatch it with you, someone that like really loves it, mm-hmm. because I mean I, I don't I don't not like it at all. In fact, I think it's really good. <laughs> but yeah. like. It just didn't hit me. So, I mean, I thought maybe watching it with someone that really loves it might help me understand. And also, that was before I really guess I had that, like, awakening, like, understanding Studio Ghibli films, like uh-huh. I kind of do now. Yeah. So, so I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I- I'm excited to rewatch it. But, yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. I have one more. Would you yeah. like to go or would you like me to? Yeah. Okay. I watched Seven Psychopaths. Uh-huh. The last Martin McDonough film I had, and now I've completed his entire um, feature film filmography. Mm-hmm. He has directed one short that I mean to see, but I don't know where to find it. I haven't looked for it, but I don't know where to find it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Seven Psychopaths was his middle film. He did it after In Bruges and before Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. This is a, a dustadogdie.com film, so be very wary. This is Martin McDonough's always been a very, like, his the world in which he sees it is very, I don't give a fuck about anything, and not to the audience, really, to more just the characters he lets everything horrible happen to everyone at all times but also have a very palpable sense of humor about it yeah like he, he's the kind of director that likes to revel in the com- the comedy and tragedy of people's pain and yeah. and anxiety and worry <laughs> like there's an entire like scene that's kind kind of played for laughs in this where it's just colin farrell screaming in the most irish accent you could possibly imagine that's just fucking great and it's, it's like it's a whole scene and christopher walken is just staring at him mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great <laughs> incredible cast by the way sam rockwell's also in it and uh harry dean stanton's in it there's so many people in this freaking movie it's great um mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's such a funny uh, almost it, it points it, it kind of gave me adaptation vibes um, in a much less direct way than adaptation gave me the vibes that anyone who has seen both knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh. Um, but it, it has a very specific, interesting way of being meta that adaptation is the only other film that I've seen do it in that way particularly. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and it's very specific and odd. And I didn't think I'd ever see another film that did that, but here I am. <laughs> uh-huh. um, another recommend, Adaptation. Give it a watch. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, right. But yeah, seriously, man. Uh, Seven Psychopaths, fantastic. Really messed up, but really fun. Really crazy. Just just a really solid movie, man. No complaints. Just a really solid movie I wouldn't change much about. Oh, shoot. I, Woody Harrelson's also in it. Can't believe I didn't mention Woody Harrelson. He's great. <laughs> He's yeah. awesome in it. 
he's a psychopath. All of them are. Everyone I've mentioned is a psychopath in it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, just know who you are. But that one's a recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What's your last film you got? My neighbor's a Yama. Uh, my neighbor's a Yama does. Uh, Asiyu Takahata did it. Oh, let's do the Ghibli film. Yeah. I didn't know you watched this many. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this one's, like, got more of a minimalistic, like, art design. Uh, this was... Is it, like, like, Kaguya, like, minimalist, or... Kagi- oh, in a way. That's, yes. It's, but okay. even more so than that, yeah. Really? Yeah. Not as much of stick figures running around? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, often, a lot, there'll be the characters, and it'll just be a white background behind them. Oh, wow. So that's interesting, actually. I like that. Yeah, or it'll be the environment like just behind them and not like necessarily. It's the dog. It's the dogville of animated films. Well, okay. <laughs> There's some stri- more in... straight up background stuff in okay. this, but <laughs> <laughs> like this awesome part where oh, this is like a film about family. Uh, the part where they're talking about the marriage and them symbolizing them getting married. They go in like this. What's that Olympic sport where they go in two things and they're in the snow and they like curve around the bobsled? Bobsled. Yeah. They go bobsledding and then like the camera pans back as I'm bobsledding up a wedding cake or something like that. Shit, this movie seems awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, this, this this one just jumped to the top of my wanting to watch Studio Ghibli films list. Yeah. And it's funny, but it's also more, it's more it's like realistic depictions of family I've seen. At least in this specific uh, way they do it. Yeah, I, I guess. You. Yeah. They're different type of families, but I understand what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. There's a part where the father, it starts snowing outside, and the father's like, oh, it's the first snow. And then he goes inside, and the family's watching TV. He's like, hey, you want to take a picture outside, you know, first snow? And they're like, nah, you know. And then, so then he asks the mom where the camera is, and then he tries looking for it, and mom just, like, quickly, like, while looking away from TV, really just gets the camera for him. He places mm-hmm. the camera on top of the TV and, like, puts a timer on it and, like, goes out and stands in the snow and it takes a picture of them, like, watching TV with him in the background. It's like, oof. But, yeah. <laughs> Can't see it right now, guys, but I have a sad face on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. This movie sounds amazing. It is. It's all, It's really, this whole movie is just a bunch of moments, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, based off a comic strip. So I guess that's where that came from. A la Marmaduke. <laughs> Even that film has like a straight narrative through it. Whereas like, this I is have... just moments. Okay. So, okay. It's is almost like, like, I don't know, a Peanuts film. Like, or one of those 22. You know, you've seen Charlie Brown Christmas, right? No? Uh, like a long time ago. And I mean <laughs> okay. like a long time ago. Like probably <laughs> over 10 years ago, a long time ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Like... Maybe like kindergarten, long time ago. <laughs> wow. Yeah. All right. I mean, I recall there was like a shitty tree in it. That's about it. Yeah. And yeah, this was like the last film we did until he made like Cayuga in 2013, because this was 1999. So. Eh? Really? Yeah. <laughs> what was the reason for the hiatus? I have. I. I don't know. I actually tried looking it up. I don't know. Yeah. Dang. I'm. Wow. Yeah. I'm just going through it like holy crap. Yeah. I mean, and he was making animated films back in 1968 that's crazy yeah yeah he he's dead now yeah he died in 2018 he was old but oh that's sad yeah oh well sad sadness but i'm glad that was a great film i'm excited to uh i'm excited to see this one that 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 has jumped to the top for me i'm nice yeah i that i want to watch it right now 
but, nice. um, but I won't be able to. But <laughs> we're recording a podcast here. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that sounds great. Actually, that sounds mm-hmm. really cool. But yeah, um, that it. That that's it. All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. If you want to tweet at us, tell us how the episode was, what you might want to make us watch, sing us talk about, a new idea for a podcast, anything, let us know. We are totally open to suggestions. Um, just fun to talk about movies with everyone. Our Twitter is at Optimist Movies, capital O, capital M. We are, there is an Instagram as well that I never use, but I'm on a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, if you like DM me on there, I will see it. Um, that is also Optimus Movies May. Uh, we both have Letterbox. Links will be in the description. I'm at Optimus Movies. You are at Oh Duck and Lagoon. Duck and a Lagoon. Um, if you that's for if you want to see what we're watching as we watch them, you'll probably see the more in between stuff and what we think about everything on there. Um, yeah, we have a lot of fun here. Um, please, if you um, if you want to support the show, give us a nice rate in app. Give give us a nice review. Word of mouth is very helpful. We'd appreciate that a lot. Um, Yeah, I think that's the show. Have a great day, everybody. Hope your week is great. And we will see you next time. You will hear us next time. Uh (laughs) Um, Goodbye, everybody. if I can type, which I cannot because I just got my nails done and they're beautiful, but I'm getting used to them. <laughs> looking, I'm looking right at it. It's right in front of me. Mm, beautiful. I'm so excited to watch you. Um, no, don't take it. <laughs> uh-huh. But, um...